World's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Boy, kind of last minute behind the scenes organization going here. I'm trying to get a video up that... I got that one, but it's not its not the original one I'm looking for. Okay. Yes, it is. It is, but it's not It's not a picture of him standing and singing it. All right? That's what I'm talking Hey, good morning. Morning. Oh, behind the scenes, getting things up and going, going to do communion. Want to get communion going on here this morning. It is Friday. God, we had an unbelievable thunderstorm again last night out of nowhere. I didn't even know we were going to get it. Booming, booming, booming one. Um, woke me up. <laughs> Maybe I got a caffeine high. I've been, I've been up quite a while here this morning. You know, when you're awake, you're awake, aren't you? When you're awake, sometimes you just can't go back to sleep. My my brain wouldn't kick, wouldn't kick off. And it is what it is. And I appreciate you all joining us. As I said, get some elements. We're going to take communion here in a second. Uh, thank you for all of you who joined last night for our prayer vigil. And I um, want to apologize because uh, we really had a, we really had a glitch in the system last night. Accidentally, somehow we sent out two different links. And so if you were part of the prayer vigil, you'll understand that not everybody could get in. We had two different huddles running simultaneously, believe it or not. But we managed to get through it. Some of you couldn't get in. I apologize to it. Uh, it was good. It lasted an hour. I don't know how many we had, but it's all good. But we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again Sunday night. Maybe, maybe last night wasn't a good night. On a good night. And I want to ask this question as I'm getting my communion ready here. <clears throat> Why is it? I'm curious now, really. I'm curious. Why is it that we have, uh, let's say, 250 people in a prayer call and most of the people will not pray? Won't, won't click that thing and pray. Do we not know how to pray publicly? Is prayer actually something that we have turned over to the leadership of the church? And we really truthfully say, we don't know how to pray. We really don't know how to pray. I ought to, I ought to do a class on, on that, shouldn't I? Because often, I'm not being critical, okay? Just bear with me here a second. Often our prayers are nothing more than complaints. For instance, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, you're, t- you're having a conversation with the Lord. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. Oh, my brother, Tommy, you know everything that my brother Tommy's gone through, Lord. And, Lord, we just wish God got to be, hey, help out Tommy. And, and I read a book years ago called uh, uh, Prayers That Prevail. And it talked about the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Availeth much. That's a scripture. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Maybe Myra could find that for me real quick because it is in the scripture, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so 
The way my mind works is when I hear that, that an effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I automatically ask the question, does that mean there are non-effectual prayers? If the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, does that mean the non-effectual, fervent prayer of a man, righteous man doesn't avail anything? Are we ineffective in our prayer life because we don't really even know what it means? Did you find it, Myra? Did you find that scripture for me? Done. Yes, I believe it's, uh, hold on, I'm getting it right now. I believe it's James 5.16. James 5.16. James 5.16. James 5.16. What's it say? Confess your faults one to another, pray for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So again, I ask the question, is there such a thing as an ineffectual prayer? Is there some, something as a non-fervent prayer? Just a rote prayer? Doesn't avail anything. If I, if I understand it right, the effectual, if you want your prayers to be effectual, there must be something to that. And I believe it comes to speaking and praying the word. I believe praying the word as you read it. I believe reading the word outwardly can, in fact, be a prayer. Because Amen. the Bible teaches us what? The weapons of our warfare. What are the weapons? They tell us what they are not. What are the weapons of our warfare? Well, I know this. The greatest weapon we have the only weapon we really have is the word of God. Jeff Klein put up Isaiah 115. Pull that up there real quick. This is kind of off the cuff here, okay? Isaiah 115. What's it say? And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yet when you make many prayers, I will not hear you. Your hands are full of blood. Is it possible that we are praying prayers that are nothing more than complaints and the Lord didn't hear them? And so last night, I was, I was thinking about that as we were going, th going through the, uh, the prayer vigil last night. Why won't some of you guys pray? Why won't, why, there's, there's 100 people in there and 10 people raise their hand and want to say something. What, what is it? Why have we been taught not to pray publicly? Does anybody have an answer on that? To me, that's a wonderful, wonderful question. And I believe this. If you want to know why we're in the mess we're in, the average Christian man are you hearing me now? Has never said a public prayer. Anybody want to argue with me on that? The average Christian man has never stood up in a congregation and prayed. In a congregation of people. He may have stood up in his church congregation. Probably not. Probably not. And I want you to examine your own heart right now. Have you? Other than a meal that all your family's around. Have you ever publicly stood up and prayed? And I think you're going to find out that most of us would have to say, no, you know, because I haven't. Why is that? Why is that? And I, last night when we were doing the prayer, it's amazing to hear some people come in and they are so prepared to pray. They bring scripture. They read the scripture. They pray over what they read. The rest of us, it's like we're just throwing up, throwing up balloons, hoping something pops. And the Bible teaches us that it's the effectual, fervent prayer. The, I want my prayers to be effectual. Hey, Spencer, 
What's that word mean? Effectual. I'm coming to you, Joe. I promise. Effectual. Effectual. What does Webster say? Effectual is voracious, expressive of facts. Huh? Producing an effect or the desire effect desired or intended or having adequate power to or force to produce the effect. Oh, Lord, you know Billy Bob and his toes been hurting him and oh, he can't even hardly get his foot in his shoe. And, oh, he goes around and he has to take care of all of his kids and other, bless him, Lord. Is that an effectual prayer? Is that an effectual prayer? No. It's, it may be fervent. You may really feel it, but it ain't having any effect. Because why? Because the word of God is a sword. It's sharper than any two-edged. Pull, oh, got to pull that up. I, hang on, Joe. I got to get this off on there, okay? Boom. Huh? huh? What does it say about the word of God? It's sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing even to the asunder the soul and the spirit. Huh? For the word of God is quick. The word of God. Now listen, not casual prayers that you just utter out of your mouth. Oh, please bless Joey. Please, just Lord, be with Joey. What? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. What is the word of God? Piercing. Get that picture? Piercing. Even to the dividing asunder of a soul. And it is a scalpel that is so, oh my goodness, it's so meticulous that it can cut between the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What is? The word of God. The word of God. Friends, are you using the word of God when you pray? Are you banishing that sword, which is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword? Are you banishing that? And why, when you come in, is the Holy Spirit not moving upon you to pray publicly? Look, I love, I'm I'm not trying to be critical, but that really hit me last night. Well, there's all these people in here and nobody wants to pray. I tell you why? Another reason, it's a confidence thing. They've taught you in the church that the pastor prays. Pastor, would you pray for us? How about I can't tell you the number of times I've been around a group of men and uh, say, "Hey, who wants to bless the food?" And everybody just looks at each other. I got. I see your hands. I know you want to come in, but I got. We, we got to. We'll pick up where we left off. That's a good teaser. Joe, lead us through communion here, brother, if you will. Thanks for getting up, Joe. Hey, hang on. Good morning, coach. Somebody say, Coach. Boom. Say, oh, my. Oh, you nailed it. Boom. Say, oh, my. Oh, me or oh, my. Boom. You nailed me, coach. I didn't. The word of God did. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And you have no power in your life because you are not having effectual, fervent prayers. That's what I, that's what I think. Go, Joe. Uh, producer, can we have our verses, please? I'll get to you, Jeff. I'll get to you, Laura. Hang in there. So now I'll I hope I haven't picked something too challenging for four in the morning. <laughs> Is the law then against the promises of God? 
God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Amen. The law can't make you righteous. The law exposes your unrighteousness. Go ahead, John. But the scripture hath con concluded all under sin, that the promise by the faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. It's a gift, man. The faith is a gift. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Yes, sir. Shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. The law of the, the, the spirit of the law, and, uh, the spirit of the law of Christ, and, uh, the spirit of law in Christ Jesus has made us, the spirit of the law of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. The spirit of the law of Christ canceled the previous law, okay? made us free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death was the soul that sins, it shall die. Thank God a new law was brought in. And the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus cancels that other law. Go on, John. Amen. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. It showed that us where we came up short, Joe. The law, yes. thou shalt not steal. If you steal, you see, you break the law, right? That's why law is important. But the law was a schoolmaster to show you that you sin. And when you sin, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will make you free from that law. Go ahead. That we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Amen. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Joe, who's all under? Who all are the children of God? All who believe and have accepted Christ. That's right. Are the ones who haven't believed and accepted Christ, are they God's children? Nope, they're pre-children. <laughs> it can't be any pre-children. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. It can't be any more clear than this, folks. Why do our churches teach us we're all God's children? Go ahead. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Wow, put on Christ. Put him on. You have put him on. Wow. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither Lutheran, Baptist, or Catholic. Ain't none of that. Go ahead. Nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then ye are, are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Oh, my goodness. I'll go, I'm going to rock the boat. I'm sorry, Joe. i got to rock the boat. Huh? I'm Abraham's seed, not the Jews. Sorry. There's neither Jew nor Greek. He, how can you make it more clear than that? There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male or female. We're a spirit, folks. We're a spirit who lives in a body. We are not a body. And if you be Christ, see, Jews are Whoever, whatever, Jews, pick whatever faith. They are that by flesh. And this scripture is telling us that you're no longer a flesh man. You are a spirit man. There's no Jew. There's no Greek. There's no bond. There's no free. Why? Because you are a spirit. You are a spirit and you are Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. 
but we can't get away from the natural man, which the Bible tells the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit. He doesn't get it. Folks, you are not a, you're not a flesh man. You're a spirit man. Boom. Quit identifying yourself by the flesh. That's what I think this says. Amen. Christ's, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What promise? According to what promise? We want to be more Jewish? Is that what we get? Is that what? Huh? Boy, it's all over me this morning. Religion. I hate religion. I hate religion. Go ahead, Joe. Okay. Well, let's do one of those rare prayers by a man that. Amen. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you have given us. And we thank you that for allowing our hearts to be beat and our lungs to breathe together this day. We thank you for the technology that lets us uh, amazingly unique congregation meet. And we thank you for being a God that gave your only begotten son that we who believe in him may live everlasting life. And Lord, please, this day, help us to walk the path you would have us walk. Say and do and think the things you would have us say, do and think. Take captive those thoughts, that all thoughts, and holding firm only to those which are of you. And we thank you for your sacrifice. And please bless this bread and this drink representing the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ who gave all for us. Thank you for the grace that covers us. And thank you for your mercy. And thank you for all you've done for us. And forgive us our sins and transgressions. Bring us cleansed into your sight in this communion. Amen. Amen. I got a revelation there, George, you're doing that. Just a second. <clears throat> you guys know I'm never going to die. I'm going to leave this body. My body's nothing more than a container of this spirit man that I have. And this spirit man that I have is one with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not I. Coach Dave don't live anymore. Christ lives in me. When I die, I just leave this body. I, I never die. Do you understand that? Immortal life. Immortal. Never going to die. Ever. If you are in Christ. This is profound. See, we, we've gotten so away from just the very basic stuff of what Christianity is all about. We don't even think this stuff through. I was laying in bed this morning. Sorry, Joe. Hang on, man. This is... It's relevant. I was laying in bed this morning. I said, I woke up about three o'clock, thunderstorms, all that. And I was, I was laying there as I do every night beside my sweet little wife. And I just kind of rolled over and just kind of put my arms around her and hugged her because the day's going to come when I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. Now, I'm not going to die. I'm just going to leave. And once I leave, I'll never have the opportunity to come back and do that again. So I laid there and hugged her a little bit. She hugged, hugged me back. And then we got up and we started our day because the day will come when I am going to leave, I'm not going to die, but I'm going to leave this body. And we are all spirits 
And we are somehow, some way going into that spirit realm. If you're Christ's child. And if you are, you're not a Presbyterian, you're not a Lutheran, you're not a Methodist, you're not a Baptist, you're not a Catholic, you're not a Jew. You're a new creation in Christ, all of us. We got to stop thinking carnally, folks. Sorry, Joe. No, I'm not sorry. Go okay. ahead, Joe. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Hey, hey, this isn't really his body. I can, it's a wafer, right? It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Amen. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Thank you're you, a child of God. You're never going to die. You're going to leave this world. Thanks, Joe. You ain't never going to die. It's a privilege, everybody. Have a great Amen. day. Amen, Joe. And you're never going to die. I'm never going to die. And I'll bet you this, all of you out there who have received Christ as your Savior and you're a child of God, I'll bet you this, when you die, you'd never want to come back here. I, I, that's what I think, right? We cling to this world because we have so many things we love in this world and all this, and we are a natural man. See, we are a spirit man living a natural experience. We're not a physical man living a spiritual experience. We have it exactly backwards. The Holy Spirit, something we can't understand. The Bible says it's like the wind. Jesus said it's like the wind. It blows here and it blows there, and you feel it, but you can't see it. You ever look into the eyes of a dead person or look into the eye? That's why, by the way, when they put someone in the casket, they close their eyeballs. Why? Because the shell's empty. You look into an empty shell. And so they close our eyes. They put us in the casket. They close our eyes so that it appears that we are sleeping. But we're not there. That person isn't there anymore. They're getting ready to go to the junkyard. That old body's used up. In fact, some of you have signed agreements that you can become an auto parts dealer at the end. Used parts. You will give your used parts to somebody else who needs a liver or a kidney or whatever. You give up those used parts. Why? Because it's just this earth suit that you need here. You don't need it where you're gone. Um, Myra, I want you to pray right now. Isaac Yoder uh, is being sentenced. His sentence is coming down today for his uh, involvement at uh, January 6th. Isaac's the guy dressed up like Patrick Henry, went into the Capitol one of the sweetest, nicest young men I've ever known. 
And today his sentencing is coming down for what the Luciferians are going to try to do to this godly man. Myra, would you right now pray for Isaac? Yes, Coach. Thank you, Godfather. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us together. Lord, uh, 